How do you keep your family healthy this season when it feels like everyone around you is getting sick? I use Sambacol. It's drug-free and scientifically tested to help support your immunity. Sambacol has the power of black elderberry in every purple bottle. It comes in tablets, syrup, chewables, or my kids' favorite, the great-tasting gummies. So this cold and flu season, support your family's immunity with Sambacol Black Elderberry. It's the only one I trust for my family. And best of all, my kids love it too. Welcome to the Ramble Podcast, hosted by Dave DeBah and presented by Rippin.com. As always, the Ramble Podcast is coming to you live from the Super Plus Rippin.com broadcast studios in the heart of Silicon Valley. Now, to the host that can't stop rambling, Dave DeBah. To the ramble we go. I am Dave DeBaugh, and I want to talk sports with you, North America. (laughs) Okay, coming up on the ramble today, it is National Football League Free Agency Frenzy. And I do mean a frenzy, because when the Cleveland Browns are stealing the thunder of the rest of the National Football League... We have a real problem, North America. Plus, I've got the usual ripping on the Los Angeles Lakers for doing stupid things. And we'll do our weekly look at the standings in the National Basketball Association. Hey, listen, all of that, and trust me, a whole lot more coming up on the Ramble today. Okay, North America, so we... We brought, we teased it at the beginning of the show because the Cleveland Browns are suddenly like America's team. I'm so sorry, Dallas Cowboy fans. But all of a sudden, everywhere I turn, I meet yet another Cleveland Browns fan. Look, I had no idea that there were so many Cleveland Browns fans spread out throughout North America. I really didn't. I mean, I know the Browns fans are passionate. I know that they haven't really won anything in like 50 years. And I understand that when we look at the stats related to the number of quarterbacks that have played for the Cleveland Browns <laughs> over over the last 30 years, the numbers are just flat out ridiculous. So for this organization... To actually finally start acting like an organization. And it happened the day, it happened the day Hugh got fired. That was the day. That was the first day of the Cleveland Browns rebirth, in my opinion. Now, Baker Mayfield, as we all know, looked really good in the second half of the season last year. And for the Browns to do what they've done during free agency so far... It has been short of shocking. Now, we could talk about Kareem Hunt, and earlier today, the National Football League laid the law down. They said, Kareem, (laughs) you are not allowed to play during the first eight games of the season. Now, this, of course, was expected by the Cleveland Browns and their latest uh, signing, Sheldon Richardson. (laughs) That's right. The Browns also signed Sheldon Richardson. But the biggest signing of them all, the most shocking signing, came with OBJ. 
Odell Beckham Jr. being traded away from the New York football Giants for some strange reason. The Giants felt like they couldn't rebuild around a number one wide receiver, and they shipped him off to Cleveland. Now, I will say this about OBJ. And if you watch enough of the New York Giants football games, you can really understand why the New York Giants decided to part ways with OBJ. And it had nothing to do with what he did between the lines. Between the lines, OBJ is arguably the best wide receiver in the game today. Apologies, of course, go to the latest uh, pickup by your Oakland Raiders. (laughs) Um, But I'm just saying, like, the... OBJ impact during a game is really significant. He spreads the field as well as any wide receiver does. He makes tough catches that are seem easy, that are basically impossible to make. He is an attraction. He is one of the reasons that even though the New York Giants were as bad as they've been for the last couple years, people still had hope. <laughs> And that's why they showed up to those Giants football games. I mean, that's not the only reason, but it is one of the real reasons people would show up because they wanted to see what OBJ would do. So they were in New York, quite frankly, just sick and tired of all of the sideline antics and some of the off the field antics. And we're not going to get into any of the off the field stuff. But just simply, I will put it this way, the antics on the side of the field, which spread into the locker, proved to be cancerous in the minds of the New York Giants organization. That is exactly why the New York Giants decided to part ways with OBJ. Now, enter the Cleveland Browns, a franchise that's won nothing. (laughs) since the Super Bowl era started. They've won absolutely nothing, and they finally seem to have some momentum. There's people in the National Football League today who want to play for Cleveland. Just take a step back and ask yourself, was that the case 24 months ago? And the answer was absolutely not. Nobody wanted to play for Cleveland. Dorsey and the rest of the Cleveland Browns organization have spread pixie dust over the rest of the National Football League, and suddenly players want to play in Cleveland. 24 months ago, if OBJ had been traded to Cleveland, I'm telling you right now, he would have left for the CFL. (laughs) He would have absolutely taken off for the CFL. There's no way he would have agreed to go to Cleveland. He just, he wouldn't have done it. Now look, Antonio Brown is now an Oakland Raider, which is very interesting if you consider how bad the Raiders were last year and you consider all of the issues that Gruden had. But I do want to say this about the Oakland Raiders. They did one extremely smart thing during the offseason, and they hired Mike Mayock to be their GM. Now, we all know Mike Mayock from uh, his announcing on television, and we all know uh, what a smart guy Mike Mayock is. 
And it is clear that the Oakland Raiders and John Gruden and the rest of that Raider organization recognized after one year of basically Gruden running the show that they needed somebody else to step in. And they hired one of the brightest minds in the National Football League to do that. It's the same thing they finally got right in Cleveland. And that's why, I don't know, like 12 months from now or 24 months from now, everybody's going to want to play in Vegas. (laughs) I'm just saying. So Dorsey and the Cleveland Browns are now the place to play in the National Football League. Absolutely unbelievable North America. Um, A couple other news and notes from around your National Football League. And um, I do want to say this. Uh, It's a little odd to me that that we're covering the NFL first. I mean, the NBA season is just so hot. And we're in the middle of March Madness. And the NFL fought back (laughs) this year with their free agency frenzy. Look, there are people crying in Cleveland when they heard they got OBJ. Grown men who have their own children (laughs) are crying in Cleveland because they got an OBJ. Anyways, elsewhere around the National Football League, in what was arguably the worst move by a player in a really long time, and I'm not talking about Le'Veon Bell deciding to play for the New York Football Jets. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. What I am saying... From a contract perspective, reports are that Le'Veon Bell turned down a $70 million offer, $33 million guaranteed from the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. He turned that down. Then he, as we all know, sat out an entire season and basically walked away from like $14 to $18 million in salary. He said, I I don't want it. I don't want to play for you anymore. I'm going to sit out. So the free agency market should have been really, really hot for Le'Veon Bell. And guess what, North America? It was not. There were not a lot of teams actually in the running for Le'Veon Bell. Now, as you all know, I am here in the heart of the Silicon Valley. (laughs) And, And in fact, our offices are right down the street from Levi Stadium, where the San Francisco 49ers attempt to play football eight times a year. <laughs> and, and I will say this, it is absolutely shocking to me that the San Francisco 49ers slash San Jose 49ers <laughs> did not make a move for Le'Veon Bell. Now, Jarek McKinnon, a former Minnesota Viking, as we all know, got hurt last year. Um, and so didn't have a chance uh, to, to really play for the 49ers last year. And they signed him to a healthy contract. This is like 25 to 30 million for, for McKinnon. And he's a really nice, he's a really nice running back. Um, and of course the um, 49ers went out and got, um, got Coleman from Atlanta after the Le'Veon Bell deal didn't happen. Now I'm not sure whether or not the 49ers even attempted to bring Le'Veon Bell to the San Francisco 49ers. But if I'm a San Francisco 49er fan, I am flat out outraged. I am outraged that the 49ers did not in any way appear to make an effort to bring Le'Veon Bell to the San Francisco 49ers. And how do I know that 
I know that because of the contract size that he actually signed with the New York Football Jets. Now remember, he had $70 million, $33 million guaranteed to stay with Pittsburgh, and he walked away from that and ends up signing in New York a deal worth, are you wait for it, $52.5 million, $25 million guaranteed. That was the best that Le'Veon Bell could get. The best running back, hands down in the National Football League, couldn't get more than that. I'm not going to do a whole show right now on why the running back is so undervalued in the National Football League. I do not understand it (laughs) at all, especially for top-tier running backs. But when Earl Thomas, who got signed by the Ravens, got more money than Le'Veon Bell got and has been in the league four or five years more than Le'Veon Bell. He's got more wear on his tires. There's more wear on Earl Thomas's tires than Le'Veon Bell at this point. Le'Veon Bell will always have more of an impact on a football game than Earl Thomas will. It makes no sense to me. I will say this one last thing. Great deal for the Jets. Terrible deal for the San Francisco 49ers. Because if they were in the running at all, he would have at least gotten $60 million and 35 guaranteed. And that right there tells me that John Lynch is not doing his job as a GM in San Francisco. I can see it now. Four and a half wins. <laughs> Maybe five for the 49ers next year. They've done nothing to make their team better. All they're doing is hoping that Garoppolo comes back and plays well enough uh, to win at least five games before he gets injured again. (laughs) I'm not rooting for injuries, but I'm just saying. Look, the fact that Earl Thomas is getting more money than Le'Veon Bell in a four-year deal, he's getting $55 million, 32 of that, is guaranteed money for Earl Thomas, who quite frankly does not have a lot of tread left on his tires. I'm nothing against Earl Thomas, nothing at all. I think he's a he's a great player, probably a Hall of Famer one day. But when we talk about impact, Le'Veon Bell certainly has more impact in a game, in any game, than Earl Thomas ever will. Okay, North America. One last note from the National Football League before we move on to your uh, NBA. And and that is uh, Baker Mayfield came out earlier today and uh, basically said that he didn't think that there were going to be any issues with OBJ in the locker room. All right, now you just signed one of the biggest free agencies in the history, or you just traded for one of the best players in the National Football League. You're less than four or five days in, and your starting quarterback is essentially being asked if your new wide receiver is going to cause any issues inside the locker room. Look, there are so many issues inside that Cleveland Brown locker room that it won't matter as long as OBJ delivers on the field, which he will do. A terrible, horrific move once again for the New York Giants, who should have sucked it up. 
North America. All right, uh, so moving on uh, to the uh, National Basketball Association. Hey, sorry, baseball fans, no baseball uh, stories for you, but we're getting closer to the start of the season, so we'll get into a little bit more Major League uh, Baseball down um, down the road. But um, in the NBA, there's a couple things. We're going to rip on the Lakers a little bit because we do that apparently weekly now. And it's just this, this shit's just getting too easy. That is really what it kind of comes down to. And there's salt in the wounds every time I turn around and watch a Laker game or a Clipper game. And I'm going to cover that in just a little bit. But I thought we would take our sort of weekly look at the National Basketball Association standings, if you will. And and so we do this every week on the Ramble. If you're new to the Ramble, we take a look at this and we try to predict who's actually going to be in the playoffs. Now, we've already conceded, as much as we dis- didn't want to do this, that the top seven spots in the East are gone. And that that means that the Brooklyn Nets and the Detroit Pistons are going to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. Look, I don't know if they'll be the sixth, uh, the sixth spot or the seventh spot or the eighth spot. It doesn't really matter. The only thing that's really left on the table is who's going to be your eighth team in the in the uh, NBA uh, coming out of the East. As I said before, if you have a losing record, you should not be allowed in the playoffs. Miami Heat, Orlando Magic. Um, I've got my money on the Miami Heat holding that A spot just simply because Eric Spolstra is a hell of a coach. Um, Orlando could put something together that's sort of interesting at the end of the year, and I expect a complete and utter uh, egg being laid by the Charlotte Hornets. That's where we're at with the East. Now, the West, on the other hand, which is going to lead us into our Los Angeles Lakers salt in wounds story. Because there's salt in my wounds right now when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. Look, the Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs. They are uh, uh, eight games out right now, so it's not going to happen. And that eighth spot is basically taken care of. Like, we're probably not going to even need to talk about the standings for the next three weeks of this season, at least with respect to the Western Conference, other than uh, the positions that that teams end up in. But the Los Angeles Clippers, who have won seven out of their last 10 games, seven and three in their last 10 games, are 39 and 30. The Sacramento Kings, who, as you know, I've been pulling for, are now five and a half games behind. It is over North America the Western Conference, the top eight teams are officially pronounced, in my opinion. Now, two things. One, it would be really nice if Sacramento would hold things together and not go on a losing streak. They have gone three and seven in their last 10 games. I would like to see Sacramento end up around 500 at the end of the season. My Minnesota Timberwolves are not going to end up at 500, but I'd like to see them not lose too many more games, especially because if you didn't notice, and a lot of you out there haven't noticed, Carl Anthony Towns of my Minnesota Timberwolves since the All-Star game, as something happened at the All-Star game, and he got back to the team and he's like, the hell with it. <laughs> he's like, 
I'm done with all of this other crap. He's averaging 35 points per game. Carl Anthony Towns, 35 points per game with the Minnesota Timberwolves since the All-Star game. That is the best of any player in the National Basketball Association right now. Carl Anthony Towns on a team that's seven games out of a playoff spot. All right, so now on to salt in wounds. <laughs> uh, now we covered the rant. We covered all sorts of rants um, uh, last week uh, with regards to Luke Walton and and the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers really screwed up and should have fired him. Look, the Lakers have won two games in the of their last ten games. They are two and eight in their last ten games. Absolutely pathetic. And I know. LeBron James is on this team, and it is hard for me to believe that LeBron James would allow this team to lose to, I don't know, like the Pelicans, like the Grizzlies, like the, okay, the Bucks. I understand, but then they lost, uh, they lost to the Suns. They got whipped by the Clippers. They turned around and... And lost to the Nuggets. They lost to the Celtics. They they, they, they they beat the Bulls by a lot. And then they lost to the Raptors. And they lost to Detroit. And the question is, will they actually beat the Knicks in Madison Square Garden on Sunday? Look, if they lose on Sunday in Madison Square Gardens... I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way Luke Walton should be allowed back on that team plane. It, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Salton wounds, though. This isn't about Luke Walton. This is about Lou Williams. Now, when Lou Williams uh, started his second tour of duty with the Los Angeles Lakers, which was the 2016-2017 season, I remember sitting there watching... Um, a lot of these Laker games going, Lou Williams is good for this team. And he's good for this. He's good for the young nucleus. He's good for the, he's good for this team. And the Lakers turn around and trade Lou Williams away. I'm not going to talk about what they got as, as a result of that, but they should have never walked away from Lou Williams. Lou Williams, in his last two years as a Los Angeles Clipper, 22.6 points a game uh, two years ago and 20.3 points a game this year. He is by far the best six man in the National Basketball Association. He is a difference maker on a team. I'll tell you this right now. If the Los Angeles Lakers still had Lou Williams on their team, they'd be 39 and 30. <laughs> You have to have players like Lou Williams on your team. And when you find somebody like Lou Williams, who is as good as he is coming off the bench, he's he's comfortable with that role now, you don't give up on him. Look, the Lakers gave up on him twice. Twice they had him and they gave up on him. If I'm the Los Angeles Clippers, I'm locking Lou Williams into a five-year deal right now. I'm I'm not letting that guy go. So when I look at the standings and I see the Clippers at 39 and 30 and I see the Los Angeles Lakers at 31 and 38, I know for a fact that Lou Williams 
is really the difference between those two teams. I'm serious. He is that good. He's that good in the locker room, and he's that good on the court as well. All right, North America. Thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in to uh, into the ramble. Um, uh, check us out on uh, Twitter. We got a new uh, ramble Twitter page. Uh, talk to the ramble, and of course, you can check us out um, on Rippin dot com as well. Cannot believe, cannot believe that America's team is the Cleveland Browns. It's just so hard to believe. All right, North America, thanks so much for tuning in. For the Ramble, I am Dave DeBaugh, reminding you that you can't win a championship if you play for the Carolina Panthers. And good luck, North America, because in this era of Donald Trump being your president, trust me, you're going to need all the luck that you can get. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. How do you keep your family healthy this season when it feels like everyone around you is getting sick? I use Sambacol. It's drug-free and scientifically tested to help support your immunity. Sambacol has the power of black elderberry in every purple bottle. It comes in tablets, syrup, chewables, or my kids' favorite, the great-tasting gummies. So this cold and flu season, support your family's immunity with Sambacol Black Elderberry. It's the only one I trust for my family. And best of all, my kids love it too.